Welcome to Life-Giving Water Messages, where I expound upon the Word of God and, through the internet, deliver it to you. My name is Reverend Todd Laddick, and I am bringing to you part four of a four-part series entitled Living Faith, with today's message specifically being entitled Staying in Love with God, based off of James, chapter 5, verses 13 through 20. So let us dive into the Word today. Are any of you suffering hardships? You should pray. Are any of you happy? You should sing praises. Are any of you sick? You should call for the elders of the church to come and pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. Such a prayer is offered in faith such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick, and the Lord will make you well. And if you have committed any sins, you will be forgiven. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous man has great power and produces wonderful results. Elijah was as human as we are, and yet when he prayed earnestly that no rain would fall, none fell for three and a half years. Then when he prayed again, the sky sent down rain and the earth began to yield its crops. My dear brothers and sisters, if someone among you wanders away from the truth and is brought back, you can be sure that whoever brings the sinner back from wandering will save that person from death and bring about the forgiveness of many sins. Amen. James is a challenging... Um, text for us because and 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 this is really true but because he he doesn't mince words he doesn't he doesn't um he doesn't tell us something we want to hear he tells us what we need to hear and so James, as uncomfortable as and as harsh as james might feel at times when we're reading him we have to understand it is out of pure love that he is writing this and and that is what we're going to talk about actually in this message right now uh is is love in fact staying in love with god in fact being in love with god isn't about getting what we want it's all about relationship i have uh, always always experienced the grace of God during most, really most during worship. I mean, I've, I can experience God's grace in other ways and have, but, but it's almost always during worship where I'm experiencing the grace of God. And conversely, actually, when I experience the grace of God, it compels me to worship. And there's just something about praying and singing, hearing scripture read, hearing or, or preaching the sermon, you know, the sermon or, or officiating or partaking and or, and actually there is no or, officiating and partaking in Holy Communion. All of those things are just so life-filling for me. Now, I've told you this before, but there was a time when I was, when I was in India 
And uh, this is one of those situations where I was propelled into worship because of the grace I had experienced. But I, I've told you, uh, when I had first got to India, we were in Bangalore, we visited some uh, temple uh, to Krishna, and I was climbing up the steps trying not to uh, stare at the... Um, the pilgrims coming down and because I didn't want to look like that stereotypical American tourist but ironically I looked like that stereotypical American tourist you know just keeping his eyes down and trying not to you know look exactly how I'm looking um but anyway and all of a sudden as I'm walking up the steps you know this hand comes across and and I can't help but notice it and he grabs my hand and I grab his back and it was one of the pilgrims and he looked at me in the eye and said we are brothers, brothers. And then he let go and he walked away. Now, I wasn't at that temple to worship at all. I was there just, you know, to be a tourist and um, to experience what uh, the Krishna temple was like in Bangalore, to have that cross-cultural experience. But in that moment, <laughs> that grace that was extended to me as I was being pretty graceless, actually, trying not to be a stereotypical American tourist, but yet being that, in that moment of gracelessness on my end, that pilgrim extended grace. And I received it. Undeserved. And it propelled me into worship. That All of a sudden, that temple experience there, I was worshiping the one true God. It didn't matter what temple I was in. But my experience in God's grace is not limited to exotic excursions in faraway places. I I feel God's grace every time I worship in my own church, you know, in, in the church that I serve. Uh, I, I feel the Holy Spirit filling me in the Joy Fellowship service, which is our contemporary worship service, uh, the earlier service at 9. And, and that fuels me over to the to the uh, to the ten to the uh, 10:30 service I feel the presence of the Holy Spirit in you and through you all of you regardless of what service I'm in and I feel the Holy Spirit through you and my interactions with you the reason I'm attuned to these things is that I have disciplined myself to be. I read scripture regularly. When James, in fact, brought up the story of Elijah, I already knew what story he was going to and how it began and how it ended because I've read it. So I read scripture regularly. Absolutely. Absolutely. And thank God, right? I mean, what else would I preach on? I mean, yikes, honestly. But I read scripture regularly. I pray regularly. I receive Holy Communion every week and sometimes multiple times a week. Now, if you're one of those who attend my 1030 year service, you're like, we don't celebrate Holy Communion every week. You're right, because we don't there, but we do at the Joy Fellowship service. So sometimes I'm celebrating it once, sometimes I'm celebrating it twice in a week, sometimes I'm celebrating it multiple times, depending on what I'm doing that week. The more the merrier for me. 
I can't get enough of God's grace. I sing hymns, not just while in church, but also at home. In fact, I have this resource arranged by Julie and Timothy Tennant called A Metrical Psalter, the book of Psalms set to meter for singing. A bit of a wordy title, but listen to this. Blessed is the one who does not walk within the wicked way, nor, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit where the scoffers stay. But he takes delight in following what the Lord's law says is right. On the law he meditates both in the day and in the night. He will be just like a tree that's planted by the streams that flow, yielding fruit within its season, leaves that ever healthy grow. In all things he does he prospers, but the wicked are not so. They are like the useless chaff that's cast away by winds that blow. <clears throat> Thus the wicked will not stand when comes the final judgment day. Nor will sinners join the gathering of the righteous in the way. For the Lord knows well and watches o'er the way the righteous own. But the way the wicked choose will perish and be overthrown. That was Psalm 1. Psalm 1. You can go read it. That was Psalm 1 set to the tune of Ode to Joy which is the tune of the hymn, Joyful, Joyful, We Adore Thee. <clears throat> There's nothing like getting a frog in the throat while you're singing, by the way, but I guess uh, if I had some heavy metal in the background, and you know, like, then it would have it worked. But anyway, uh, the, the reality is, and, and, and here is the, the truth, the reality is that... Um, Anyone who practices their spiritual disciplines regularly knows that the more disciplined they are spiritually, the closer to God they become. The power and presence of God is not a secret to those who know God. Now, let me, let me pause here to have you consider a few things. There are times when we all need support from others. That support can be a sharing of God's love with us. And there are also things we can do to cultivate our own spiritual lives and support others. Think about some of the church practices or 
non-church practices that help you connect to God. For me, worship has been a huge part of my life. All forms of it. I love worship. I also desire scripture and the sacraments. Those things really connect me to God. Also, serving others. I find that to be so rewarding. I also love taking hikes, reading books, watching movies, writing poetry and music. So much of that connects me to God. It's important to name the difficulty that this passage raises before we go anywhere else with it. We, we should really take time to name the difficulty that this passage raises. It can be and has been interpreted to mean that it is our prayers and faith that heal and save people. The implication being that if someone is not healed or saved, that there has not been enough faith or praying. That is not the case. It's just not. Does Jesus' unanswered prayer in the garden go unanswered because his faith wasn't strong enough or he wasn't praying hard enough to God? If he had just prayed harder, would he have been able to avoid the cross? Of Of course not. Of course not. Doing these things does not guarantee that things will go the way we want them to. And if that was true for Jesus, it's true for us. But rather, we can find a peace with whatever happens because we have brought all our concerns to God. You see the difference there? It's not about God granting my wish list. True. It's about bringing all of our concerns, all of our desires, all of our worries, all of our fears, all of our sins, all of our burdens to God. And being at peace because God is with us. That's the answer to prayer. Jesus went through what he went through, not because God didn't answer his prayer, but because God was with him, and that, no matter what the outcome was, was the true answer to prayer. When we live a life of genuine faith, rooted in grace and shaped by Wesley's general rules, we can begin to see and understand that even when things don't happen the way we want them to, God is with us. Emmanuel. Our prayers are that thy will be done. Thy will be done, not my will be done. Again, even Jesus struggled with this in the prayer of Gethsemane. But he ultimately bowed to God's will. God was with him. Our faith 
is not contingent on God answering prayers the way we want. Staying in love with God or keeping the ordinances of God or attending to the ordinances of God, as John Wesley put it, is not something we do with the goal of getting what we want, but rather it grounds us in a faith relationship with God. And that can help us endure whatever life brings. The passage lists several concrete practices the church was doing in the first century. So listen up. We always wonder, what was it like to be in the early church? Here are, the, here are several concrete practices the church was doing in the first century. Praying, anointing with oil, a visible sign of invisible grace, confessing sins and forgiving, singing praises, singing praises, think about that, singing praises, and partaking, of course, partaking in the sacraments of God, partaking in the sacraments of God, partaking in things like baptism, holy baptism and holy communion, the two sacraments that Jesus ordained and instituted himself. These types of actions are concrete ways that they and we can stay in love with God. That is why Wesley stressed those things so much. That is why he, 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 that is what he meant with his third rule of attending to the ordinances of God, or more modernly put, staying in love with God. For Wesley, that meant regular worship, regular prayer, regular holy communion, regular hymn singing and praising, regular visiting with and caring for the sick and dying, and yes, even the imprisoned. This list is obviously not exhaustive either, but it gives us examples of what Christians can do together that, over time, shape a way of life. We do not do these things to be religious and tick off boxes, but to enter into the grace, into grace through means that God has provided for us. Let me say that again. We're not doing these things to be religious and to be ticking off boxes, but to enter into the grace through means that God has provided for us. The passage suggests that no matter what our circumstances, we can bring them to God in both worship and in prayer. This is not just abstract, but made concrete in the life of the church. The church does not exist only for our own personal individual religion. In fact, that's the least of what it does. But, but the church exists as a place, as a, as a community, forget place, as a community of people to care for one another with the love of God and accompany one another in Christian faith. This is a key aspect of Wesleyan faith. In paragraph 102 of the United Methodist Book of Discipline, it reads, and I quote, Finally, we emphasize the nurturing and serving function of Christian fellowship in the church. 
the personal experience of, of faith nourished by the worshiping community. For Wesley, there is no religion but social religion, no holiness but social holiness. The communal forms of faith in the Wesleyan tradition not only promotes personal growth, they also equip and mobilize us for mission and service to the world. The outreach of the church springs from the working of the Holy Spirit as United Methodists, we read... We, excuse me, as United Methodists, we respond to that working through a connectional polity based upon mutual responsiveness and accountability. Connectional ties bind us together in faith and service in our global witness, enabling faith to become active in love and intensifying our desire for peace and justice in the world. End quote. This is is Methodist Christianity 101. There is no there is no holiness but social holiness. There is no religion but social religion. Another aspect of this passage in verses 19 through 20 talks about those who have strayed from their faith and are brought back. It, il- it illustrates the concern of the early church to care for one another's souls, to encourage one another and be the grace of God to, one a- to-, to others. Given that the whole letter ends on this note, it shows the importance of God's love always extending to each and every one of us, no matter where we've been or what we've done. Wow. Now that's love. James's letter is a letter of love. Sometimes love is a little harsh. Sometimes it has to be. Think of one practice that helps you to feel grounded. How can you work on that practice for one month? Perhaps you could pray every day or go to church every Sunday this month or listen to one sermon podcast a week. You could check out Life-Giving Water Messages and actually, if you're listening to this right here, you are checking it out, so thank you, which is my podcast. Or you could host, or there, there's a host of, uh, of other podcasts to choose from out there. Perhaps you could step out in faith and up your giving. Or perhaps you could be more generous with your time and serve at a, at a ministry, perhaps a thrift shop like our Treasures of Hope. And actually, if you're listening to Life-Giving Water Messages every week, I would challenge you to listen to some other some other spiritually uh, good, uh, religiously-themed uh, podcast to help nurture and nourish your soul. Some Christian living-type podcast, maybe, would be, would be beneficial. Do any of you feel that you once had a vibrant faith and have wandered from it? Or perhaps, you know, you need some encouragement and a non-judgmental ear to help you with that? Or do you know of anyone feeling that way, maybe? So maybe it's not you, but you know somebody who's feeling that way? Are there ways we can lovingly and non-judgmentally reach out to those people and invite them back into relationship, remembering God's grace always abounds? 
So often we judge. But maybe we can just love instead. What does it look like for our community to be deeply grounded in the pursuit of sanctification? Now, that's a big word. Sanctification is the work of the Holy Spirit. It's the grace of God that is perfecting us in God's love. Now that we are saved. How are we taking Jesus seriously? Not only in our personal lives, but in what we do for each other in the world. Christ's hope and Wesley's hope for us is that our faith lived out, our journey of sanctification would become a lifestyle. Our mission is to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. There's always a connectional, or excuse me, there's always a connection between the personal and the social. There's always a connection between personal and social holiness, always. You as individuals form our congregation together or whatever congregation you're a part of. And our congregation or your congregation is shaped by the practices of the church in such a way as to bring the world closer to God. Let us continue to build up on that. Let's continue to build up on that and work toward truly transforming the community and the world around us. Amen? Amen. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we just thank you for this message. We thank you for challenging us to stay in love with you. We thank you for this opportunity to to hear of other ways in which we can draw closer to you. And so, Lord, help us. Help us. Help us and, and inspire us and grow us into the people that you have created us to be. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, friends, thank you for tuning in. It is always a pleasure to be with you week after week. Uh, in the episode notes, I will uh, put the link to the resource that I uh, posted. Also, there's another resource that goes with it. I'll post both of those um, in the episode notes so you can check them out. Click on that and, and order them. They're great resources. A lot of fun to approach the Psalms singing them because that's what the Psalms are. They're songs. So, um, yeah. Anyway, with that said, uh, check out our episode notes. And uh, if you happen to be listening to this week after week and this is your spiritual uh, nourishment, then uh, by all means, please uh, click on the links to uh, help us uh, um, help us out financially. We could really use it. Uh, I'm sure every church could really use it. So if this is just supplemental and you're attending another church community, uh, then by all means uh, support them. And if you have it in you to support us both, we both appreciate it, I'm sure. Uh, but in all things, remember, you are richly blessed, my friends, so that you may be a blessing to others. Go in peace. <laughs>